Hello, it's Monday, November 13th. I'm Courtney Turner, and I'm filling in for Christy Lee, and this is The Counter Narrative. often hear about parallel systems as a solution to the institutional capture by what I call the parasite class. However, parallel systems that don't disrupt the mainstream system often get siloed and then they get eaten alive. Both of today's guests are doing great things to build much needed systems in the areas of technology and media. And we're going to talk today about what they're doing and why it's needed. My first guest is RJ. Johnson. He's an entrepreneur, an industry visionary, and the founder of Broadcasting Inc. We're going to talk about that today. His IT career took off while assisting the Department of Defense in providing complimentary calls to U.S. troops in Afghanistan and Iraq. Sparked by a passion for IT that began at age 12, RG advanced his career in government contracting, working with leading technology consulting firms, including Accenture and ICF. RJ played a pivotal role in developing the technology that underpinned reforms, designing APIs for states to transmit data to the federal government and crafting the data to user-friendly format during Trump's first term. This work enabled the White House staff to effectively monitor infrastructure projects across the nation. He then assisted Brandon House in expanding his network and enhancing video quality for viewers. Their collaboration led to the formation of Johnson House LLC, which was instrumental in launching Mike Lindell's Frank Speech, a platform that became one of the most targeted and canceled in internet history. Following this venture, RJ launched Broadcasting Inc., an enterprise designed to be uncancelable, an uncancelable infrastructure and pioneering software as a service company. It offers fun foundational software layer for media management alongside elegant web applications and over-the-top channels, empowering influencers to connect with their audiences, regardless of location. This is super exciting to see, like, you know, an in interruption in big tech, which is what this seems like. So we're going to learn more about this. I'm excited to bring our guest, RJ, on today. How are you doing? Hey, Courtney. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you. You too. Thanks so much for being here. So, Let's start with, uh, we, I outlined a little bit of your bio and how you got into IT industry um, and supporting conser particularly conservative personalities. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't specifically conservative when I started out. Um, I really wanted to serve, you know, serve from a technical perspective, our troops that were uh, overseas. So this is back in the, uh, the Afghanistan and Iraq war. Um, and I picked up a contract for the DOD to, to provide free calls uh, to those trap, those uh, troops in both AORs. Moved from that and started developing stuff for U.S. Senate and FEMA. Just went through the normal contracting process there in Washington, D.C. Um, until I finally came to a, a really rewarding project. And that was for when, uh, Trump, when President Trump was doing a push for permits for the big infrastructure projects throughout the country. It was very early on in his uh, first term. Hopefully there'll be a second. Um, and basically all that information and the workflows to make it faster, to increase that process, I designed all the backend systems that enabled that. And also the data that came in from the states as they transmitted that back to the federal government, I aggregated that information and sent those to dashboards that were then used by White House staff to manage those infrastructure projects. Um, that was probably one of my favorite and most rewarding projects. Left there and worked into uh, in the transportation space a little bit, and then was tasked to come over and help Mike Lindell um, solve some really big problems shortly after J6 and, uh, and launch Frank Speech. Wow. So you, you said when you first started, you know, it was uh, mostly in your military experience. What made you, was it Trump that made you want to support conservative personalities? And uh, what particularly 
motivated you to be in that space? And what do you see as some of the problems in that space? Yeah, great question. So <laughs> it was actually back when Bill O'Reilly was early on in the Fox News space. You know, after shortly mm-hmm. after 9-11, all of us were looking for ways and got dialed in and started reading his books, Culture Warrior and some of those other things. And um, I'm a Christian. We have Christmas. We have Christmas trees. And just things started happening in the social sphere. You know, they started changing Christmas trees to holiday trees. And it didn't have didn't like that. And, and as those social changes started coming into place, um, my views continue to move more over into the conservative space. My wife's family actually, um, I'm not going to say the gentleman's name, but he was the lead political correspondent for the Washington Times uh, for many, many years and was able to go to some of the CPAC events over there in here in D.C. um, and really get mixed in with the conservative movement and really um, understand the problems and the things that they were trying to tackle and limiting government in, in those uh, in those areas. And that really identified with that. You know, it's um, we don't believe in making people fit into a box. It's more we give you the tools so that you can be successful as a country is, is what I'm speaking about and um, and empowering people to do that and, and making sure they have free speech um, and their voices, whether they whether we agree with them or not, that they have an avenue to distribute that message. Yeah, that's so important because I, I really feel like free speech is really under attack right now. Um, you know, and I'm very much a fan of, of Voltaire's statement, or at least it was attributed to him. You know, I may not like what they have to say, but I defend their right to say it. Um, but right. big tech doesn't seem to, right? <laughs> uh, big tech doesn't seem to subscribe to that at all. And if anything, they seem to very much be abetting a very specific agenda, uh, one that I do not support at all because it seems like they are looking to build. I always say they have this agenda. They want to uh, create a transhuman leading to posthuman world where we're all siloed, where we're all controlled by an AI hyperbolic mind that they program and then we're siloed in the metaverse. And uh, that's not really a world I want to see. So I think it's really important that we do have yeah, because, yeah. you know, there are some right? <laughs> There's some great things about the internet and it can really be a, a great platform to connect people. But unfortunately, uh, if we have this constant rampant censorship, then it does more to divide people. So what do you see as some of those uh, challenges? How do you think that uh, Broadcast Inc., for instance, or, you know, in general, that what are some of the things you think can uh, help to, uh, you know, take care of some of these problems and unify? Yeah, solve those problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not easy problems to solve. And that's why <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah. They haven't been solved <laughs> yet, but we are, we're working very hard um, at yeah. solving those with uh, Rumble, Getter, uh, Public Square, those companies, you know, give a lot of credit to those people really stepping out and, and jumping into the public square. Um it's funny when I left big uh, when I left big consulting firms, they actually came in, and um, now that I've posted those things, I've been blacklisted on LinkedIn. Essentially, nobody can see my posts. You know that was expected, and that's kind of been the the, the theme through Facebook and and somewhat to Twitter. It's getting a little bit better, but there's still some issues there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really taking away people's voice. Uh, I'll give you an example. When we started to do uh, Frank speech for Mike. And that was a, a very complex problem because we were shortly after J six, um, parlor had been disconnected from AWS. So they destroyed their entire business, you know? And so we didn't want to have to, to deal with those issues with, uh, the big cloud providers. So, uh, we went forward at at Mike's direction and decided to, we were going to build out several clusters several data centers in different parts of the country. So if one got canceled, we had another one. Um, but we found some some serious pushback from areas I hadn't seen before, right? Uh, to give you an example, about 10 days before we were ready to launch Frank Speech, uh, we lost our data center. And it was by the biggest data center company in the world. And we got wow. emails from their lawyers coming back saying, hey, you know, we decide uh, we don't want to have you, essentially. Um, and then two days before we launched Frank's speech, we had our, our CDN provider who basically delivers video and handles the delivery of content 
to large audiences. So they kind of stand in front of all your servers and they make sure that you're not flooded. Well, they cut us off two days before, so we're scrambling the day to come up. We were able to find somebody, um, but the amount of attacks that came in were were, were unheard of. You know, I'd been dealing with cancellations with uh, Brandon House for about 10 years, being flooded with DDoS requests, and that means they're just sending you hundreds of thousands of um, looking like people coming to your website. And it was interesting. They were hacked cell phones that they were attacking us with and social media accounts. So it was literally people's wow. uh, Facebook accounts were being sent and sending these. I think we had like out to 4 billion requests in three days, uh, attack requests. So it was at a level that I hadn't seen before. And to Mike's credit, yeah. it brings a ton of traffic that comes in. So um, yeah. There was a lot of people that wanted to watch it, and, and obviously there were some problems that we had to deal with, and and that didn't just stop in the day. We had to deal with that for several months until we were able to plug all the holes and make sure um, that those things were being taken care of. Also, it was shortly after COVID, so uh, finding hardware and things uh, were very challenging. Yeah, I I can imagine. So, what do you? Th- I- it, with Broadcast Inc., what do you think can be done and how do you think that you can solve some of those problems? I mean, this, that sounds really challenging. It sounds like a massive infrastructure to deal with, especially that the number of hacks you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to cover the, the hacks that are coming in. Uh, you have to cover the video delivery. So the most complex thing on the internet is to deliver video. Um, and that's yeah. really what I focused on. Uh, Once we stopped working with Mike and we started putting our our resources into developing what we call, it's called a hybrid cloud. So we built a cloud Mm -hmm. infrastructure, which is not like if you go to Amazon and you can like Mm -hmm. uh, get your servers and you can do all these technical things. We really focused in on broadcasting and uh, we've been very fortunate and blessed during this process that we did find some really good technical people uh, that share our values. And that, that is a very complex thing. I have some audio, sure. I apologize, I didn't bring it, but of uh, developers calling us up and say, you know, I just can't in good conscience go ahead and do this work with so-and-so. And I'm like, really? And um, so, so, that was, so that was interesting. But sure. the real problem is, is delivering that video, delivering the video and delivering the content. So we built this hybrid cloud so our customers can come onto our services and if they're canceled by Amazon or if they're canceled by Microsoft, our system literally will shift their resources over to a new cloud or to their own hardware and will continue delivering their services uh, uninterrupted. You know, if they have a big cancellation, it could be a few hours, but we spent a lot of time, a lot of money on investing and making sure we had that built out. And we were fortunate, I was saying, uh, to find the right people. So. On our team, we actually have the same people that have ran the country's largest sporting events. I'm not going to say the name, but I'm sure you can mm-hmm. think about what it is. Mm-hmm. The leads, the lead architects for those those systems for big media are actually on our team and have designed our infrastructure. So um, that's really, that's the one big problem that we want to solve with broadcasting because make sure that people aren't canceled. They can continue delivering their, their video and delivering their video at a high quality. Um, you know, that's yeah. obviously a big thing that you'll make sure there's no spinning wheels when you're watching the video. So uh, we've nice. really spent a lot of time and money solving that. Um, and then we went to doing a nice front end. So we really wanted to spend some time and effort to make sure that the front ends, when I say front end, the website um, that our customer use for our broadcasting platform. Essentially, Broadcasting Inc. is is a core base for a broadcasting platform, and then we attach a website on top of that that we've spent significant time and energy and investments to make sure we have something that looks like it comes out of a, it's much better than a Fox News site, that looks like a Netflix, that looks like the big technology company. So we've made significant investments to give those kind of designs and functionality to our customers. Uh, and then we, we have a software as a service program. So instead of making those investments themselves, they can use Broadcasting Inc. We can develop their websites or we have their websites for them. And we also have channels on Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, Samsung, LG. So we've covered just about every area that you can distribute your content. Additionally, we've added on a total of 6,000 integrations that you can integrate your, your, your content with and have it automatically sent out to different pro, uh, platforms. 
that's that's amazing so yeah one of my first like big questions you know i remember when i first talked to you was when you said it was uncancelable i'm like that's a major claim that's a pretty bold yeah. statement to make yeah. <laughs> right i was like really uh, how, how are they going to ensure that um and you really just laid it out so beautifully and that's a, a major undertaking that most people uh, don't have the the bandwidth the capacity or the foresight to, to be able to do um so really really Thank grateful you. that you're taking that on yeah absolutely um i think you showed a clip yeah, i don't were... know if we can the picture uh but just to show how much is being canceled um so i'm not sure if we have that but yeah uh the youtube channel for lapd headquarters has been temporarily temporarily suspended after we posted a video of a brutal attack in pacific division asking the public's help in identifying the suspect we have appealed the suspension and have been denied um, so yeah, we're, we're seeing this really just from everywhere. And I know personally, I've had, uh, so many channels on YouTube. Oh, um, and yeah, and I just keep getting uh, taken down. I'm super close again now on my, you know, pirated channel, uh, if you will, <laughs> uh, to getting a thousand, but it seems like they, they always just nuke me right before. So I, I don't know, it was like my 11th episode. And then suddenly I was on the SPLC's uh, website as a quote unquote hate podcast. I would like to know how they even, how they even knew who I existed by episode 11, but somehow they did. Um, so this is a really, really big problem. And it's a really big concern. I'm so grateful that you're taking this on. And then the other thing that you just addressed with the 6,000 different platforms, because this is you know, what did uh, Elon Musk say? Because you, you said, you know, we are getting a little bit more, uh, you know, speech, free speech there, but there, there's still censorship there. And yeah. his own statement, right? Yeah. And his own statement was that you'll have freedom of speech, but not reach. Uh, and this is something yes. I personally have definitely experienced. You know, they, they call it the shadow banning. And uh, that's, a, it seems like this way of, and it, it just reminds me of like, it's kind of like being gaslit. You know, uh, because you're, you, it's so subtle, but you really can't deny that you're being suppressed. And I, I've definitely experienced it. And I've watched, you know, uh, Instagram is one of the platforms where I, it was more provable, quantifiable, because I could see my numbers going up uh, at the same time, at the same rate they're going down. And sometimes it would be equal. Oh, no. And yet they would tell me the overall was a loss. And I'm like, I can do basic math. This is this doesn't pan out, but you know, <laughs> I don't make the rules; they do, so I lose. Um, so, and that's yeah, the, so that's we, a big part of the problem. It's a right, huge that they part make of the those problem. rules, right? And yeah, there's they no do, technical. Go on, yeah. Right. Yeah, they have those. You know, they're kind of changed from. If you think about the old days of Ma Bell, you know, we had a government that came into place and they saw mm -hmm. that there was a, a there was an issue there, specifically around uh, control and power. And so they made the necessary uh, steps to break up Ma Bell. Well, mm -hmm. in my opinion, the political leaders that we have have not taken those steps, those things that they should have done and breaking up, not necessarily breaking up, but put laws in place to kind of drive and, and define what those big tech companies can do and what can be canceled or, or should be, you know, certain things that are, you know, promoting violence and, and things of that nature. But, and unfortunately, these big tech companies, they didn't take it upon themselves to use the guiding law of the land, you know, the U.S. Constitution and make sure that we have freedom of speech. They basically clamored in with media and then started following that tagline. And that's that's very unfortunate, and that's exactly why we have these parallel economies uh, coming up. A big challenge that we have in this parallel economy is because they have such large market share, and because they are very technical and they know how to accomplish these things, they don't have a lot of fear that somebody can come up and that, that can knock them off the, the top rungs. But I, I definitely believe that that's not the case, right? Things change. And as they're changing, and right now they're changing, where as we posted that LAPD, even a public service, a police officer's, uh, right. yeah, police officer's headquarters can come out and say, hey, we got the serious issue going out and then they're being blocked. So there, there needs to be things on the legislative end that need to, to pre protect those type of entities. Um, and if they're not gonna allow us to have free speech, 
then we're going to make uh, our own investment to build out our own system so that they can't cancel us and that we can provide that voice to people that need it most. Yeah. So this is a little bit maybe uh, off topic, but I think it might be related. I'm just curious your thoughts on, uh, because I think they're really, I, I've done a lot of research into the UN 100, which is where they're imagining the, the centennial. So it's essentially 2045 of the UN creation. Um, the cliff notes is that they're trying to build this AI world society. And uh, so I, right. So I do think they really see AI as a, I, the, the analogy I used was of an AI high Borg mind that they programmed, you know, to put us all into the metaverse. So what do you see as the future of, you know, the, the internet, these big tech platforms, how AI will play a role? And then do you think that uh, independent types of companies like Broadcast Inc., um, and just the pe we the people will have any recourse and ability to uh, exist outside of their, you know, control mechanism and infrastructure that they're, it looks like they're putting in place. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting that you bring up AI that, that is a big topic, right? It's like, these, you all of a sudden start typing in and they can pro provide, you know, entire uh, articles, they can do these things. Um, it's, it's still a piece of technology in my mind, right? If they were developing these things responsibly, technically, if you know the data that's coming into a, to an AI model, to an LLM model, you should know exactly how it comes out the other side, right? Because as long as you know the data, the problem is they let these big data models go out and aggregate data from just everywhere across the internet. So they have no basis for what that information is going in. So they're not sure what exactly is going to come out. You know, they have this uh, idea and concern of, of artificial general intelligence. I don't know if I, if I subscribe to that. I think AI is good in, in several ways and could move us forward and can empower people. The problem is when you issue technologies like this, you're essentially kicking a whole level of the economy, the middle class, out of jobs and they say, oh, those jobs are going to go and they'll, they'll continue in different ways and they can be trained to do those things. But that law period and that blatant disregard for people in those areas is, is a serious problem. And it's not something in my mind that, that we should do. You know, they say, if we don't build it, somebody else is going to build it. Well, that's, that's the, <laughs> that's the, it's basically taking your moral, uh, responsibility to society or the people around you completely out of it and just saying, well, it's not me. I'm just going to do it. So I, mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily agree with those things as well. Um, I think us individuals like ourselves that believe in free speech, that want to have, mm -hmm. um, that want to have a voice out there, it really is up to us and, um, to make those efforts. And, and I think we're working on that. I think we have a long way to go. Um, but as long as we're moving in that direction, it is going to change. Media is changing. As everybody knows, the sports contracts yeah. are being changed from the NBA, from the NHL. And, and so big media is, they're, they're losing a grips in several different ways. So if we are able to, as you know, they say MAGA crowd and whatnot, but essentially if you're 52 or 54 million, how many voters that voted for president Trump in the last election, they're essentially saying that half or more of the United States are extremists. Well, that's not logical, mm -hmm. right? They're just people right. that believe in having that right. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, we have a I mean, lot of work to do. You already can't be extremist by definition, right? That kind of doesn't work. Extreme implies that you're outside standard deviation, right? You're an outlier. And if you're the majority, you're not an outlier. So, yeah, mathematically, it doesn't work out that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. They just completely knock off part of the uh, part of the general public out there. And so um, with changes like X, I, I think uh, Twitter moving to Elon Musk, whatever you think about them, at least they're mm -hmm. allowing to have conversations that they're not allowing on other platforms. So in mm -hmm. that, I think that's a very good change um, and something that we can look forward to. Um, but you know, those, there, there are those concerns and you do have those big entities that once they start making decisions based on the financial requirements of that organization, 
sometimes those those goalposts move. So I'm not for legislating things that don't need to be, but I think there needs mm-hmm. to be something in place to say, hey, you guys can't cancel them. But we're not going to have that with the current leaders we have in the office right now. They don't have the willpower to do it because it doesn't benefit them right now. It benefits them to have our voices suppressed. So right. we have a lot of work to do, but... We do. Um, we are wrapping up uh, on time, but I have one more question for you because you talked about how they're doing all this data collection right now. Um, you know, like they have these spider bots that are just, it's almost like they're just, you know, insatiable data collecting. And then we don't know what the input, nor do we know even how they can scour, scour that, uh, what, you know, the techno- technological capability capacity to even mine through that is. Um, so my concern, I think, with a lot of these digital platforms is that things like, and I, I know this, you know, from my own experience, I've also talked to people who've worked at places like Google, but I know I've experienced with my own uh, videos, like we uploaded and they have technology where they can descript while it's uploading and cancel you right then and there. So my concern is the, what, what happens moving forward as this AI uh, type of capacity and also just the the push and the usage of it expands and they're, you know, going to be using it because it's oftentimes not even people who are censoring. It's like some sort of a program that's being run, uh, an algorithm that is now detecting what's being uh, permitted and what's not. So what what do you think about that and how is there anything that can be done about that? <laughs> Well, I think. Do you think it can be like salter legislation? Do you think it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be. It's going to be just happen. It's going to be solved using the free market, right? We really have to um, invest those resources and invest in those technologies, right? It's not easy to find technology people that follow our values. However, I did find as we were doing a lot of these interviews and hiring a lot of people for these what could be considered divisive. Uh, topics and, and employers that there is a lot of people in tech that do be, do believe in free speech, but they don't believe in what is happening socially, but they really like to do technology, right? And working mm-hmm. with these people typically have to have a, a certain type of temperament um, to get the best. And so uh, there's some complex problems there, but they're 100% solvable. Uh, first, make sure that we're not canceled and that the voices can go out. Um, and then as it comes to large language models, it's just technology. So as long as we have mm-hmm. the financial resources going into an area to design that, I can, it is my opinion that like an X takeover started increasing a lot of engagement there. We do the same when it comes to large language models. We do the same when it comes to the, the home technologies and really put the data and the data ownership back to the people, which can be handled through blockchain and some other ways. So there's a lot of exciting technology that can be used to help us, but they're definitely using that same technology right now to try to control us. And that considers with our financial system and others. So now is the time we have to make those investments and really start pushing forward. Um, And if we don't, we're going to be in a dystopian uh, country that we don't want to live in. At least I don't. world, arguably. Um, but I agree with you that I, I think it's incumbent upon the people of America to preserve the free will of humanity. Absolutely. So I'm so grateful to people like you who are, you know, using your resources, your experience, your expertise to be able to inject into the market and give us some freedom of speech and give us some uh, and use the technology for good. That's really what we need. There needs to be, if it's a, a spiritual battle, we need both the light and the dark competing against each other. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for spending time with us today tell everybody where they can find you where they can learn about broadcast inc and uh, whatever else you want to close out with absolutely so broadcasting.inc broadcasting.inc is the website we have you can come and see a little bit about what we do i have a twitter account at legally underscore rj and i just want to put out there if you haven't watched courtney taylor's podcast you haven't followed her been working with her and the people that are around her and they are awesome people. They're really good people. And uh, thank you for the opportunity, Courtney. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you. And uh, yeah, so we're going to have a word from our sponsor before we bring on our next guest who is also doing things to disrupt the media. And we're going to hear from him in a little bit. Now, 
right side. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Get more out of your AMP News experience with AMP Insider. With seven pillars of focused information, including off-grid living. Get prepared with food prep and essentials, must-have items and basics, and preparedness protection and hunting. Support the mission of AMP with a subscription for $9.95 per month. Get the first month for $1 by using promo code AMP888. Welcome to a new era of connecting patriots, AMP Insider. My employees and I are excited to announce it's our 20th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're bringing you a limited edition MyPillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with the most amazing cotton. Two-inch pipe gusset comes in four custom loft levels, and it's machine washable and dryable. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported in line. That's why we've been around for 20 years, because MyPillow works. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, only $19.98. With my 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Now on the right side. Our next guest, Kent Emmons, his big claim to fame is creating the 24-7 comedy radio format, which now lives on all over the place. Owning radio stations and networks over the years, Emmons discovered early on that there were big bucks to be made by running spots for products that sold directly to consumers. By having a good eye to spot products that would sell well, he started dedicating a substantial portion of his media outlet and ad inventory to direct response that easily carried over to television. Emmons founded Kent Direct Inc., an international direct response television and digital firm that along with his affiliates has generated several billion dollars of sales over the years. In 2018, Kent, along with some like-minded friends from across the business spectrum, saw a massive hole in the media market. News on both sides of the fence was not only broken, but the big networks were totally ignoring the 18 to 49 year old crowd. This is very true, which is also the most profitable media demographic. Recognizing a very clearly wide open and very profitable hole in the media space, Kent and his posse formed Crave News, a very edgy, hip, live interactive digital news network. Crave News is in launch phase now. Kent Emmons, so great to see you. Courtney, great to be with you. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. How are you doing? Awesome. By the way, it was great to see RJ on in the first segment. I love that guy. He is fantastic. He's awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. He really and is. They're, and the technology doing... he's got that he's doing, he's, I mean, he, he actually is going to change the face of media with that. And, uh, you know, know, the fact that it's a non-cancelable type, uh, type of format. I mean, he's doing wonders. Plus, he's a great cat. Great dude. Yeah, absolutely. As are you. And I'm I'm just so honored you know the two of you, the people who are really making a difference in the media space. And I think, you know, I talk about the triple MIC. Um, so like the, the media industrial complex, the medical industrial complex. Yeah. And then we have the media industrial complex that does their bidding for them. And if anybody doubts that, we can, you know, you can just go look at declassified documents from Operation Mockingbird. This is not made up. We really have a media industrial complex. And therefore, we need independent people in the media space to disrupt it and to provide some sort of competition, because I think the people really don't want that type of media that's controlling them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, well they don't. 
Well, they don't. And really, all you have to do is follow the money. You know, I'm on several, yeah. you know, as a guest and as a contributor on several networks. And, you know, summer before last, I was hosting for one of the major streaming, uh, quote unquote, conservative networks, uh, was uh, uh, hosting. It was 10 hours a day live for four days, I think it was. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of great guests, Rand Paul and John Cleese. It was a Freedom Fest. It was a great, great time, really a great time. And what was interesting about it was, you know, I had, I think, during that, during that period, that four-day period, I had about 80 guests. So you can imagine, that's a, that's a quick wow. turnaround in guests. And it's live, too. It's sure. live streaming to a lot of people. What was interesting about it was, out of all those guests, um, the only note that I got, the only production note from the network, and it's the biggest, uh, was we try not to discuss the vaccine here because I yeah. had Robert Malone, who's a good friend of mine, on. So, again, mm -hmm. Robert wasn't on inciting violence. He was just talking about his view on the vaccine. So it's very interesting mm -hmm. that you take a look at, let's just say Fox News, for instance. Fox News, over 60 percent of their revenue comes from pharmaceutical companies. So if you're yep. wanting to get, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't care what side of the vaccine thing you're on. Seriously, I don't. However, I am on the side of get all the information you can. I don't care if somebody's, you know, bat bananas crazy on this side or that <laughs> side or whatever. I want to have all the information and, you know, of have course. it to me. But the fact that a major network would say, we try not to discuss the vaccine here. It's like, you know what? I want to know if I'm going to be sticking in my body, something in my body, I want to know what are the dangers what are the risks what are the benefits mm -hmm. that type of thing so again all you have to do is follow the money and i do find it interesting mike lindell who i love and you know get to hang out i see him every now and then at various events and things like that mm -hmm. and he's a wild man and me me being an infomercial guy i just find yeah. it hilarious that people are pulling him off of media platforms because he's selling pillows and questioning an election uh -huh. well everyone questions elections i mean god it was questioned back in the days of lincoln it was questioned you know, I don't know about George Washington, but think of all the elections that are questioned, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, he's inciting violence. And it's like, incite, you're going to buy pillows and like, buy my pillow and go beat the tar out of the leftist idiot. I mean, I, can you imagine if he was selling Ginsu knives? I mean, he's a pillow guy and he's questioning elections. It's not that big of a deal. You know, I, I don't no. get it. Anyway. Don't get me started. Maybe people are worried about a mass outbreak of pillow fighting. <laughs> you know, that, that's the problem. Feathers all over feathers and, and <laughs> yeah. foam all over the streets. It's crazy. It's an insurrection it's, of yeah. mass proportion. It's unbelievable. I, it's comical, really. It's interesting you bring up it is uh, kind of funny. Uh, Dr. Robin. It is. You bring up Dr. Robin Malone, and he was actually one of the episodes that as it was uploading to my YouTube, it got taken down, like in the middle. Like while well, it was being and you know what's crazy about that is he and yeah, and what's crazy about that is he and Jill are great patriots. And again, whether mm -hmm. you agree with his opinion or you don't, mm -hmm. he's a doctor. Sure. He was part of the team that developed the mRNA. He's highly credible. Technology. He's a great guy. Right. And again, you have the folks on the other side of the of the issue. Mm -hmm. They have plenty of camera time, which is fine because uh, I want to know that too. I want I want to know sure. everything so I can make a decision. Yeah. Well, you've got Robert and some of that posse that came out with alternative information, which which turned out to be true. But, right. you know, why would you silence that? It was not dangerous right. to silence that. And it was interesting, you know, um, you know, uh, unless you were tuning in to Joe Rogan or somebody, you couldn't get that side of the information. Exactly. Exactly. So let's tell, tell me, what is Crave News? And you're about to start to launch in a few months, right? And why did you start? We're this? about to and launch. It's been that. a long time in the making. Yeah, it's been a while in the making. Yeah. There, we, we're about to launch right before the pandemic in Los Angeles. And after the third visit from the county and city people who were saying, unless you're an essential business, you've got to be home, stay at home and put a mask on mm -hmm. and don't come within 9,000 yards of anybody else and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, right. we have we've always had operations in Tennessee. So we decided to move it to Tennessee. So we're about to launch it. And what I find awesome. is there is an unbelievably huge hole in the news space. Um, you know, you've got far right, you got far left, you got your squishes in the middle like Fox and MSNBC yeah. and CNN. You can't hardly tell them apart anymore. And right. how about just some straight up no BS discussion? Really? How about that? And you'll I don't know if you noticed our tag. There it is. I don't know if I can say the word yep. on the show or not, but our tagline is real news. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> by the way. 
By the way, that is preacher tested. After that came back as the tagline that was the most popular amongst our focus group, I said, you know what? I'm going to make this preacher tech, uh, tested. So I sent it to one of my buddies, big Baptist preacher. And I said, would you run this past some of your people? Here's five, the t- five top ones. And one was like right. uh, uh, unapologi- uh, 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 unapologetic truth. One was you've mm-hmm. got to have it. One was, uh, you know, dis- um, uh, absolute disruption, stuff like that. It came back literally nine out of 10 the preachers liked real news, no bullshit. So that's where we're going with it. Now, <laughs> I love now it. what I yeah. find is that, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to have just a an echo chamber like most of these networks yeah. have. You know, the right. echo chamber. Everybody already agrees with the echo chamber. Everybody's out there. Okay, if you're on the conservative <laughs> side, you everybody agrees. So you're out there talking to each other. You're not, you're not you know, winning people over. If you're on the left side, you know, everybody agrees with that. No one's being won over. So let's have some fun discussion. I love Rogan, known him, ran the comedy networks for years. So I've known Rogan. He's Mm -hmm. great. You have a great discussion. Mm -hmm. So why not mix up the news, have those discussions you can have both sides, hear them both. I mean, I think, you know, the truth typically falls to the, to the, side of the right, just because, you know, fiscally, they tend to be more responsible and that type of thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, everybody needs to be heard. I, I spend more time if I'm traveling and I love road trips, I spend more time mm-hmm. listening to left leaning media than I do right, mm-hmm. because I want to know, I want to know why do they yeah. think that Why you know, and then also when I listen to the right, especially some of the stuff that's really out there, I kind of go, no wonder these folks think we're nuts. So I mean, I, I want to know, <laughs> I want to have the entire discussion out there. And, and, and yeah, and way, I would, you know, yeah, uh, I was going to say, I, you know, I wrote a book. It was a best-selling book in 2019, yeah. just getting ready to revise it called the common sense 80%. And the thesis of the book was that 80% of us agree on over 90% of the same stuff. And that's actually yeah. even bigger than that. So, you it know, is. if you sit down with somebody that you think you're on the opposite side of the political spectrum with, and by the way, the holidays are coming up. And you're going to have those awkward things. You know, oh, I got yeah. <laughs> in my family. I got them all over the, my mom's side of the family, all over the spectrum. But I tell you what, we agree on way, way, way more than we disagree on. And we can have those discussions. Uh, that makes a big difference. Matter of fact, I challenge you, Courtney uh, and Lynn, I challenge you guys go out and find somebody that you think you're on the exact opposite side of the spectrum with and start talking mm-hmm. about, try to find five, five places that you adamantly disagree on. You won't. Mm-hmm. You will not find it. Right. Doesn't happen. Now yeah. you'll find hundreds of things you do agree on. Let's start focusing uh-huh. on that stuff. And then the other stuff, yeah. we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. I would argue actually to step outside of, I mean, they, they play dialectical games with us, right? And they put forth dialectical narratives in order to pit us against each other. And that, that is yes. like, it's, it's a strategy. Well, and then it progresses. When you say so they, it's both yeah. sides does that. It's it is equal. There's equal blame. Well, on I would both argue sides. it's actually it's, it's, the right. it's, it's, Well, we talk about like the you know the the triple MIC right. So I actually think that they're playing both sides. It, it's not yes, you know it's agreed. not just both sides. They're being both sides are being played and they're being dialectically played. So yeah, so it's really we need people. You are this right. is part of why you know, comedy. When you talk about comedy, we need artists. I talk about this all the time because. Those are the people who typically can color outside the lines. You know, they step outside of those narratives and they can often see things that are outside of those. They're, they're, they, they're, they're wordsmiths and they literally cast spells, right? So I, we need no, to be they, able to step outside the wizard circle. Yeah. Well, and you so know, I, I when you it. cast emotion like that and, you know, one thing I mm-hmm. like is I like statistics. You want to hear a, a statistic? I just, you know, because, you know, I, sure. I've spent, yeah. uh, split my time for the last 30 years you know, with homes in Tennessee and California. And uh, so yeah. I just got an amazing ten- or amazing California stat. You want to hear this? This yeah. is crazy. You like statistics, okay. right? You're, you're an analytical. Uh, there are 44 million <laughs> residents in the state of California. And of those 44 million residents, now get this, over the last three years, this is no kidding, over the last three years, over 850,000 of them have come out as trans. Now their their uh, their pronouns are Texas, Florida, and Tennessee, so I think it's going to work out. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yeah, people but, are know, fleeing. They're 
Well, they're <laughs> fleeing. And what's crazy is we're probably going to have Gavin Newsom as a candidate, you know, in for president. I yeah. mean, the Democrats are probably. And here's a guy I'm watching this Sean Hannity interview. And again, I love Sean, but same show mm -hmm. every single day. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's the same, 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 same thing. And he gets on with, right. with, uh, with um, Gavin Newsom, same thing, you know. And Newsom is on there and he's talking about how great California is. The streets are lined with gold and the people are transported by magical rainbow colored solar powered <laughs> unicorns that craft lollipops for the perfectly well-adjusted children to eat and their parents lavish in the glow of low taxes. And you know, it's just like, for the love of God. And Sean doesn't right. question him on it. You've got it's the crazy. highest tax rates in the country. You've got the, I mean, yeah. I just filled my car up out there a couple of weeks ago. You know what I paid for gas? $6.40 a gallon. Six forty. Well, and by what, the way, just filled point, my Jeep man? up here in Tennessee, $2.73 right here, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. At one point when I was in California, it was like seven something. It was insane in Santa Monica. It was nuts. It's, so it's you nuts. actually, it is you were, you were going to run for office and decided not to, right? Yeah, Senate? you know, I was hit up by a lot of people. I, I co-chair a uh, thing in California, kind of an underground group of donors called CA 180. Mm -hmm. And it's really the mission right. of that was is to turn the state around. And it's to connect yeah. all of the common sense, Republican, libertarian, <laughs> conservative groups, connect all those leaders. Because it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, you've got this massive state out there, more registered Republicans, you know, in, sure. in California than, than mo a lot of the country, frankly, but right. uh, nobody talks to each other and you got your crazy nut yeah. far right wing posse. Then you got your more moderate yeah. posse. Then you, they're kind of all over the map. And instead of coordinating, yeah. they fight with each other in this, in this yep. you know, Republican circular firing squad. So my thought was, you know, yep. I, I was getting hit up to do it by all, you know, all over the place. And so went out there, yeah. hit about, I don't know, over 30 counties. I know we spent about three months and burnt a lot of jet fuel talking to people. And the conclusion was, I just don't think that the Republican Party or the independents or whoever can ever get it together enough out there to fight that machine. It can be done. It's just nobody will sit mm -hmm. down at the same table. And They're by too the busy way, fighting you know, one, one thing I learned yeah. on this trip uh, that I already knew, but it was just really reinforced. You have a lot of great Republicans. You have a lot of great independents. And you have yeah. a tremendous amount of really good common sense Democrats who have just had it with this, yeah. you know, the, the Newsoms of the world and then the, the shifts of the world. No, they don't, they don't, you know, the, the, the good old fashioned classic liberal has nothing in common with them and they're done with them. I don't know that they'll hold their, right. I mean, you know, that they'll hold their nose enough to vote for a Republican. But I mean, they are finished with that. So that so it's wide open if we can go out there and just focus on the issues that we agree on abortion and gay marriage or whatever your thing is on that. Never, you know, if you're to the far right, guess what? Never going to be one in California. So put it up on a shelf and let's get to work together on crime. Let's get to work on those failing schools. 49th out of 50 in schools out there. Let's get to work on these taxes. Let's get to work on the infrastructure out there. But instead, you know, the the far right throws it away on stuff that can never. And so we never get to legislate. They haven't figured out the concept that if we don't win, we don't govern, you know. Yeah. And then when we do yeah. win, we have to govern properly. We have to govern with integrity like we promised our constituents. And by the way, constituents here in Tennessee, much different than constituents in California or Florida or Texas or New Jersey, wherever it may be. It's so true. Um, and I, I think it's also that the, the the right in general, yes, they're constantly infighting. And I think that's by design. They're, you know, they keep there, they're, there's all this cognitive infiltration that causes them to do all this infighting. But I also think, as you said, that they're, when they're picking the topics, you know, they play the reactionary. And I think that that's right. really, really a big part of the problem. So they're never uh, taking the offense. They're not, yeah. Yeah, Courtney, I was going to say, yeah. you hit it right on the head. You hit it exactly. <laughs> it's the reaction. 
And the, the, here's something you find is that, and of course the media loves this, but you know, you take a look mm -hmm. at all this nonsense woke stuff that's going on right now. And by the way, just because somebody's a Democrat or a little left of center doesn't mean they're on board with any of that nonsense. That BS, right. I mean, if you take a look at who's really on with that stuff, I, I, you know, I'm a numbers guy, I look at stats constantly, mm -hmm. and it's less than 3% of the public is even on board with the minor stuff, let alone the crazy stuff like the mutilating kids and all like that. It's less than 3% of the public, but yet we right. give them the power by acknowledging them. You know, it's like mm -hmm. an annoying, it's like, it's like a, an annoying kid. You know what? Just don't pay attention. There's 9,000 other people in the, in the restaurant to talk to and hang out with. Don't pay attention to the annoying kid, but we do. We all come running and battle the, you know, it's stupid. We give them the power. We can't, we got to stop it's, doing that again. There's such a small minority, you know, God, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I so agree. And, I had uh, a, you know, unfortunately, I had a, yeah, I saw, I saw you in Nashville, uh, you guys, uh, you know, last month in Nashville mm -hmm. and it was yeah. interesting. I don't know if I told you guys about it. We were all a bunch of us sitting around and mm -hmm. I, I had had a plane ride. I was going to DC to speak at a thing. And some guy sitting next to me, who you, who you can tell is right on the woke train. He's one of those 3% that's bananas. And he was going to, he was flying there to, from what he tells me, he, he was representing his 15-year-old um, uh, nephew, who's also his godson, because his mm -hmm. parents would not let him transition. So he had filed a suit on the kid's behalf mm -hmm. so he could go. And, right. and he's just trying to goad me on. He's trying, he's just trying to, he's trying to, you know, get me to react to it. And I, and I'm just, you know, oh, you know, I'm whatever. And finally, you know, he just keeps pushing. And I finally look at him. I'm not going to tell you the exact words, but I said, <laughs> I said, listen, and, and I never get irate with it. I just said, listen, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And if you think that this is the right thing to do, you need to go do that, but you need to hold his hand, you know, in love. And you need to look at your nephew right straight in the eye and say, look, you're going to go get your thing chopped off. And it is my responsibility, whatever happens, whatever drugs are in, whatever happens for the rest of your life, I'm the one mm -hmm. responsible for that. So you go have that right. conversation with him. Not my business. I don't, I'm mm -hmm. guessing that that guy was having a lot of thoughts when he got in the Uber heading to pick up his nephew. Yeah, I'm sure. It's so sad because when you look at how this agenda is being pushed, you know, I mean, so many of these kids are, they're, they're so confused, you know, I, I mean, they when are. I was growing up, like, you, you didn't hear, they're being taught these things that never even entered the, the forefront for most of these children. Most of them don't, you know, know enough about like, they're, they're, they're trying to navigate the day. They're, they're trying to figure out like who they are, let alone be bombarded with all this, you know, vernacular that doesn't actually make any sense. I mean, there's actually, yeah, and they're teaching and, that you know, really are not bless them for their confusion. These kids are growing up in a very confusing time. And, yeah. you know, when you hit that 18th birthday, if you feel like that's the right thing to do, go do it. But I just, right. I don't understand how children, well, I understand it because again, follow the money, tremendous amount of money in the, in that sex change business and the pharmaceutical business yeah. that follows it for the rest of the tremendous amount of money. I get it. But I just yeah. don't, uh, for the life of me, don't understand why people are taking the bait on it rather than just having that, you know, saying, hey, you know what? If you're taking the responsibility, go for it. Yeah, I think they really need to. I mean, I think there is obviously, as you said, there's a lot of money at play. There's definitely a, a business model for the pharmaceutical companies. They get a lifelong patient. Uh, but there's also a bigger agenda at play as well, I personally think. You know, I think they're really pushing. Well, it's a human there's a massive agenda yeah. to destabilize. The country. Yeah. I mean, if you think at a lot yeah. of this stuff and it's both sides, you have the globalists on both sure. sides. You've got Republicans that are hanging out with Klaus Schwab, just like you got Democrats. So, I mean, you know, at the they're end of the day, they're them really against each other. To, well, they are. Well, they're not even playing against yeah. each other. You've got this globalist crew. That's one crew. Yep. And it's divided. No, no, that's Democrats. what I mean. The global. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. The globalists yeah. are playing the left and right against each other yeah. to create the uniparty. Absolutely. Well, they're playing the um, left and right down here where we're at, you know, they're, when yes. you're, when you're, you know, hanging out with Klaus Schwab, <laughs> you've come in on your own jet, you're doing the whole thing. And it's, a, it's a whole nother world. So you got the Mitt Romney's of the world, even some folks who I thought were kind of, you know, well-balanced, you know, centrist mm -hmm. conservatives that are playing in that field now, but there's so much money in the globalist field, but they do have to get the country destabilized first. So, 
screw up yeah. the schools, screw up their heads, you know, the, uh, you know, the banking says all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, there's, there's a lot at play here. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, we are wrapping up, uh, we're running out of time. I will definitely, we, we should do a, a long form on my show and uh, we, we have lots more to discuss, but, uh, yeah, well, if you have Courtney, anything you else are you want awesome. to with, Thank you so much. No, <laughs> You're just to, always glad to hang out with you. Very, very, very good to be with you this afternoon. Likewise, likewise. Please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can learn more about Crave News, all of your book, all the great stuff you're doing, and anything else sure. you want to leave you us know, with. Just, just Google me or hit me on uh, kentemmons.com. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big social media guy. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, to be continued, and thank you for everything you're doing and for spending the time with us today. We're going to uh, have you, a Courtney. little word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back. I don't know if this country can be saved. The information war on any battlefield, on any physical battlefield that I have been on, has always been the most important component of war itself. So they were actually people in our government that were, that were in the executive branch undermining the president of the United States without his knowledge. So that's basically an act of treason. Hi, this is Sean Morgan with an AMP Consumer Report. I'm here with Danny Rosenberg, a specialist in insurance. And Danny, a lot of people are worried about Bidenomics, about the situation with the economy, how volatile everything is, and they're curious about fixed indexed annuities. What are the advantages? So a lot of people are looking at fixed indexed annuities as a separate asset class. You don't have any downside risk. You don't have any downside volatility or capture or drawdowns, but you still get some of the upside. And people will actually purchase annuities for two basic reasons. The first is guaranteed income for life. So the only way you can really guarantee an income stream you cannot live is through pensions, through Social Security, or an annuity. The second reason people are interested in annuities is because they want what's called a protected growth strategy. And again, you'll get some of the upside of the equity markets with no downside risk, no downside volatility, no drought, drawdowns or corrections. So it actually acts as a separate asset class and is a great way to protect assets. Well, that's great. And I know for a limited time, you're offering free consultations for those who are seriously interested. So we'll put a link in the description below where people can book that consultation. Thank you for your time, Danny. Get more out of your AMP News experience with AMP Insider. With seven pillars of focused information, including wealth strategies. Find comprehensive videos on understanding precious metals and start building wealth the right way. Support the mission of AMP with a subscription for $9.95 per month. Get the first month for $1 by using promo code AMP888. Welcome to a new era of connecting patriots, AMP Insider. Now on the right side. Wow. Thank you so much for watching. Two awesome guests. I think we can learn anything from them. It is that individuals really can make a difference. And that is really what we need. I talk about parallel systems all the time. And as I had said in my opening, unfortunately, what happens with a lot of people who are doing parallel systems is that they're, they kind of opt out of the system altogether. And what we really need is parallel systems while fighting in the mainstream system. And that is what both of them are doing. And so I encourage everybody in their way, whatever they can, whether it's by supporting those things or by creating your own, that that's what we need to do. We really need people who are, you know, proponents of the free market to engage in the free market. And particularly, I think, in the media, because controlling the narrative, hence the name of this show, right, is exactly what they do. And so it's really important that there are other voices in the narratives and that are there are other narratives to be heard. Because it's one thing to, you know, I was saying with uh, Kent about playing the reactionary, it's one thing to say you're against something. We need to show that we're for things and we really need to not always be on the defense and reacting. So, 
Yeah. So thank you so much for watching. And uh, thank you to AMP and to Christy Lee for giving me the honor to fill in. If you want to find more of my work, it is at CourtneyTurner.com. I think it's misspelled over there. There is an R. It's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y-T-U-R-N-E-R.com. So you can find all of my podcasts and information about all of my work there. And uh, thanks again for watching. And don't forget to share the counter narrative. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.